up, nerds? Natalie, don't bully the internet. It's a term of endearment. Oh, okay, carry on. Nat and Cass here with an FYI. The 411. The skinny. The scoop. An announcement. It's it's an announcement. Shared History Season 3 is coming at ya. Join us for more stories of the folks and events your history texts and teachers didn't tell you about. Yes, from the overlooked and underrepresented to just some very niche topics. We're sharing some great history with you this season. And we're not alone. We're joined by some amazing guests, including other actors, podcasters, and comedians, as well as playwrights, entrepreneurs, and academics. The latter is very exciting because we are not academics. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on the socials at Shared Pod. Yeah, nerds. Shared History Season 3 starts October 6th. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quarter Mile at a Time, a Fast and Furious podcast. Uh, the only podcast where if you show us how you drive, I'll sh- we'll show you who you are. I'm Nick Lathan. And I'm Rip Camelucci. And this week we're talking about, <clears throat> I'm going to say it, Furious 6. Because that was, the, that was the original. Fast and Furious 6, exactly. It was the original title. Why did they change it? <clears throat> Why? That's what I want to know. Did they change it for Furious 7? I, I'm sure it's not even a good reason. Yeah, because it made sense. Fast 5, Furious 6. Right. And then Furious 7. I guess, I don't know. Maybe because that movie made more money at the box office, they changed the other one to Fast and Furious 6. Like, whoever loses at the box office, they become Fast and Furious. Or maybe, like, uh, every odd number film was going to be a Fast and then Furious. Yeah. Uh, Although, 9 is just F9. Yeah. So... Maybe they just bailed on that. Maybe they, yeah, you know, maybe they're just people like you and me, Nick. People that make mistakes sometimes and are too proud to go back on it. There you go. <clears throat> I love that sound. That is why um, the last one, Fast 10, your seatbelts. Oh, it has to be. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, huh? and the, the, the even number movies are puns, like Fate of the Furious. Yeah. Fast 10. Come Your on now. Belts. Come yeah. on. Furious 6. I don't know what the pun for that one could be. There's the, Maybe that's why. They just like, oh, it doesn't fit in the mold, so just make it fucking Fast and Furious 6. Or how about Furious Sexual Tension? Because <clears throat> there was a lot of sexual tension. <laughs> Weirdness going around. Okay, before we get into the movie proper, do you want to go over some, some, some box office stats and whatnot? Hit me with your saber metrics. Let's get it out of the way. So this movie was released May 24, 2013. Uh, the first week at the box office. It was number one for two weeks. Fuck yes. That's what, I'm, that's what we're talking about here. First fast film to do that. So number one with the bullet, Furious 6. Number two, The Hangover Part 2. Good. Three, Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh, okay. Number four was Epic, which I still have not seen. That's an animated film. I think that's like a DreamWorks yeah. joint. Uh, 
number five, Iron Man three. Saw that in the theater. Mm-hmm. Great Gatsby. Saw that in the theater. That was number mm-hmm. six. Number seven was Mud. Saw that on Netflix. Saw it on Netflix as well. Good movie. Number eight was Forty Two. Number nine was The Crude, starring my main man Nicholas Cage, and number ten was Oblivion. Uh, you mentioned Forty Two. Pour a little out for uh, Chadwick Boseman. Man, have we talked about have we have we t- discussed Chadwick Boseman yet? Uh, well, no, we have not. We have not talked about it. I'm shocked. That's all I got to say. Yeah. <clears throat> I um and heartbreaking. Yeah. The uh the Watchmen episode of Married with Movies, uh you hear Mullet and Sam's like in real time reaction to learning the news. Really? Yeah. It was um I'm like several weeks behind on on listening to podcasts and so I was just getting to that one. Mm-hmm. And um <clears throat> Yeah, it was. Uh, it definitely like brought back all the same uh, thoughts and memories and emotions from when uh, when you saw that. <sighs> anyway, I'm sorry to bring everybody down. Well, we were up so high, now we're sad again. Well, well let's. It, but, hey. uh, Furious Six is. Uh, what's it rated on uh, uh, on places that matter? We talking. We talking those stats. Okay, Furious Six. Um, it budget was one sixty million. It made seven hundred eighty eight million. Rotten Tomato score was seventy percent. IMDb pretty good ROI. Can yeah. I say IMDb score was seven point one, and then Metacritic was sixty one. I I am kind of confused. I'm gonna go right off the bat. I like this movie a lot more than Fast Five. So that's interesting <clears throat> because. When I was doing a rewatch of all these movies in the lead up to Hobbs and Shaw, I remember watching this movie and coming away thinking like, holy shit, that movie was so much better than I recalled. It was very enjoyable and super underrated. Mm -hmm. And then coming off of this rewatch here, it just didn't hit. Hmm. The same way I remember it hitting before. There's yeah. a lot of that doesn't mean that it was bad, uh, and there's still a lot of real high spots here to be to be you know remembered and loved. But um, yeah, it just didn't hit me the same way it hit me the last time I watched it. So uh, you know, and so to say, I'm a little underwhelmed. I had the opposite effect because I remember I watched. Uh, because leading up to Furious 7 coming out, I think. No. some A friend of mine told me that Fast and Furious movies are good again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? <clears throat> so then I watched... Uh, th- this was after... I think they had gone seen Furious 6 in the theater. And then like, <clears throat> and then it rolled around and I saw Furious 6 was on HBO like a year later or something like that. So I watched Fast 5 and Furious 6 back to back. And I remember walking away thinking Fast Five was so much better than Furious Six, and I couldn't remember shit from Furious Six. Couldn't remember anything. Yeah. This go around like Furious Six is like well, it, it's firing all cylinders. I remember everything, and I just remember. I think what it is is that I come from a James Bond Mission Impossible. Like I've talked about that a lot yes. on this podcast. So this is what this. I think that's why because this felt like. One of those movies. Oh, it's it's straight up nothing but a spy movie. Yeah. Like, 
Motherfuckers, they're cops in the first 10 minutes of this fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's absolutely mind-blisteringly ridiculous how quickly they're just like, we're cops now. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, I, guess, I guess it takes a, a person coming back from the dead for you to become a cop. <laughs> all right. So, so first off, uh, whereas Fast Five had like a really great opening of just like, boom, getting right, like picking up right where we left off. Mm-hmm. So this did that as well. Yeah. Um, sort of. No, they tricked uh, your actually, ass. No, it didn't. It didn't pick up right where we left off. Yeah. It picked up with basically Dom and Brian racing, but yeah. Mia's in labor and they're getting to the convent. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I like that. I, I was I was watching that like thinking like, oh well, hell yeah, we finally get to see the race that was uh, teased at the end of the last movie. Nope, tricked your ass. <laughs> and so, and then. The kid comes out, and, uh, and, then, and then it just goes to, like, what felt like all the closing credits from all the previous Fast movies. It was weird. It was like, I was like, are we doing a victory lap? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. In the same way, like, the the Fast, uh, Fast and Furious credits had, like, shots from... Every person in the last, you know, however many movies they were in and stuff like that. Yeah, I just... That's how this started. It was weird. It got off to a weird note with that. Well, my note that I wrote down for that was previously on Fast and Furious. (laughs) That's what it was to me. Yeah. And then I hit skip recap. (laughs) Uh, Every... Every single goddamned bedroom... Isn't in Los Angeles that Dom sleeps in is the same fucking open air, billowy sheets, outlooking the beach, fucking bedroom. This happens later in the series as well. These, uh, I think Dom saw the music video for the Meatloaf song, uh, fuck. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. He saw that video, saw all them drapes flowing all over the place. He says, I need that. Either that or he saw a bunch of Celine Dion videos. And he's like, I need that. That's the only <laughs> way to describe these bedrooms. Dom is a uh, big Celine head. Yeah. We, so we've established uh, Roman, secretly a Pretenders fan. Dom, Celine Dion. <laughs> Celine Dion. Oh my god. That's where it's not Dominic. It's Diominic. Diominic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. How many times do you Far, think he's wherever you are? How many times did he see Titanic in the theater? Fifteen minimum. Yeah. And that's including the re releases that they would do. Of course. Okay. Yeah, you can't see a movie that many times. I bet he was he was pissed off whenever Lost in Space knocked Titanic off the the top of the box office. <laughs> uh, he was also super pissed uh, whenever Vince fucked up the VCR and it ate his two tape copy of uh, Titanic. It ate it ate the first tape, so he couldn't. Not the second one. The first tape got ate up. Yeah. I wonder how many. Anyway, I'm not gonna done with this tangent. So. <laughs> <laughs> we have so much to cover, 
so many more bits that will occur. I don't know what they are yet, but boy, there's plenty. There's this movie's a fertile field. Yeah. So I, 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 my note six minutes in, I said six minutes in and Hobbs is already putting in work. And I'm talking about the Scottish Dom doppelganger, doppelganger, if you will. Yes. Yeah. That was a fun little, like, uh, you know, a uh, little, Oh, excuse me. Bait and switch. Pardon me. Bait and switch. A fun little, uh, whoopsie do as it were. That's not <laughs> what that is. Um, but I'll tell you, man, Hobbs, he's a damn home wrecker. what he is. He, that, uh, <clears throat> God, yeah, him destroying that interrogation room. I want to know who had to clean up after that guy. Oh, no, I'm talking about when he goes to Dom and shows him a picture of Letty. Oh, says, yeah. This was taken a week ago right in front of Elena. I but No no bedside manner with that, no tact. I understand he's a brute, <laughs> but read the room. Um, I'm glad you brought up Elena because this is introducing timeline talk. Yes, it goes here. So... Are we to believe... So, one of two things happened here. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to step on what you're about to talk about. Yeah. So, Hobbs... At the end of Fast Five, when Ava Mendes throws down that picture of Letty, mm-hmm. how long ago does she say, like, when this was taken? Uh, like, earlier this week, or, like, this week. Or right. like Yeah. And then Dom... Or, uh, Hobbs says the same thing to Dom... This was taken a week ago. So either a week has passed, maximum two weeks have passed uh-huh. since Fast Five, since the end of Fast Five, which which I think would track as far as the birth of the child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that you, thing coming out. Because Mia was pretty pregnant. Or, or Dom was just, or uh, sorry, Hobbs was just sitting on this information until it was timely for him to use that information to get Dom to do whatever he needed him to do. Huh. I don't know. I think it's more likely that this movie takes place at least, I could see it being like two to three weeks after Fast Five. Yeah. Which, like, sucks. Just because, like, barely any time for a fucking vacation. No. Well, it was a nine-month vacation because Mia was like, oh, I'm pregnant, and then That's boom. Right. Lost that pregnancy and then had to get re-pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. So, the, um, what was I going to say? The thing with Elena, okay, so at the end of this movie, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping to the very end, listener, I'm sorry, I know we're 14 minutes in, but I'm skipping to the end. We're going to come back to the beginning, we like to jump around a little bit while we're thinking of stuff. So... At the end of this film, Fast Film, Furious Film, the I'm gold blooming, I'm sorry. The uh so Dom ends up with Letty, and then Elena goes off at Hobbs. Now Yes. Oh, I think I know what you're gonna bring up. Dom We are to assume Dom has not made sex with Elena between the end of Fur- Fast and Furious Six and Fate of the Furious. Because the baby in Fate of the Furious, if my memory serves me correctly, is small enough to be sitting in a car seat. It's a baby-ass baby. Yeah. So, either Dom's been doing some hanky-panky, or 
Elena has a very, very long pregnancy period. (laughs) So, here's what's up. I think the last time that they had sex, the, the child was conceived. Because at the end of this film... Yeah. When she's saying goodbye to Dom... Uh... You have your family, I have mine, and the camera pans down, and you think that we're focusing on the badge, and that's what she's referring to. Yes. The motherfucker there is is the result of some sperm going into an egg, and then the next thing happening is happening beneath that belly we see. Yeah. So, now, uh, a wrench is kind of thrown into this. Because I, I was about to throw out a theory, but I just remembered something. So Something Toretto's are well-known for doing is throwing wrenches. <laughs> God damn it. And beating the sh- socket wrenches, beating <laughs> the shit out of people, and making them become uh, janitors at high schools. So, uh, I mean, theoretically, the end of uh, Furious 6 and then uh, Fate of the Furious, that could all take place in a year and a half. Yeah. You know, that could be a year, year and a half. But... We see Jack again in Furious 7. That kid is like two years old. It's interesting. You know, he might just be advanced for his age. Yeah, I'm talking about like a reverse. Like He has the same disease that Rob Williams had in Jack. Where (laughs) (laughs) he's a kid who's growing really, really, really really fast. Uh, I want to... Well, you know, I mean, everything (laughs) in these movies are fast. So, I kind of want to, like... Revisit this when we get to that point. Yeah, I think we should. We should shelve it for now. We're in a good place right now. I think like we're in a place where things actually do kind of make sense. Yes. So this movie, I'm gonna say this movie takes place in 2014, a year after. That makes sense because Fast and because Fast Five. I'm trying to get the timeline correct. Okay. Because these movies are so bunched together. It's crazy. I think we're earlier still. Okay, because obviously we know the Tokyo Drift takes place in 2016. We obviously know that Tokyo Drift takes place in 2194. Uh, Here's my thing is look at the cell phones. The cell phones, are all, they all still have like fucking Blackberries and shit. And this one? Yeah. In the in the we got to get the band back together. We got to get the team back together sequence. Oh, I thought they all I had like more on like fucking smartphones right now. I thought they all had like Androids. Nah, man, there were there were keyboards on those phones. Oh, yeah. Damn, we still are on Blackberries. Yeah. Um, um which I is... enjoyed that that sequence. Uh, yeah. You know, it had a lot of the fun trappings uh, the, that you're looking for. Um, it had ludicrous cut like a motherfucker. Uh, he could, he's, I'm pretty sure next to the rock, he's probably the most cut person on the cast. Mm -hmm. Um, it had Tyrese changing plans on the plane. Okay. Given vouchers. That was a very fun bit. That was a very funny moment. That brings up a point. 
They only made $11 million each. Is Roman actually able to buy that car and do all this extravagant shit with just $11 million? Or do you think he invested? I think and he ma- invested. Yeah, he made more money back. I know Ted, for a fact, invested is making a lot more money. Oh, my God, yes. He, he fucking Tej probably. He's probably the richest out of all of them. Probably owns a tech company and just doesn't fucking talk about it. You know what? Tej Tech. Because he's modest. Can we make those shirts Tedge Tech? <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. Please, let's do that. Hey, because uh, I like to make merch for the for our, every podcast I do. I, I, an idea I had for this one is just Mumblecore written in the uh, Fast and Furious font. That was it. Because <laughs> we really need a Mumblecore of uh, Vin Diesel. By the way, he directed a movie, and I need to watch it. What's that? I forget what it's called, but like it was when he was like, uh, like in his late twenties, he directed a movie, like wrote, directed, and starred in it. Oh. Um. Speaking of which, I really wish that he did direct a short film in between each fast movie. I mean, let 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 Vin direct Strays. That's what it's called. Let the man cook. <laughs> strays. Yeah. Oh, dude. Uh. In that scene where Hobbs shows up to Dom's uh, house, um, for like a second, it looks like Dom is is like cooking on a grill, uh-huh. but he's just working on like an engine block. But how have they not made fucking engine block grills, man? Uh, they do that in another film called Gone 60 Seconds. Wait for real? Yeah, at the end of that movie, there's that. a at the end of Gone in sixty seconds, there is a barbecue and they're they're cooking, um, yeah, in like a uh, an engine block like All grill right. hood. So well, whenever now we, we know do why it, they haven't done it because it's already been done. Yeah, and if they can't do it better, then they're not gonna. So whenever we do our podcast, Gone in sixty seconds and sixty seconds, uh, we will touch upon that. Excellent. <laughs> um, I. Uh, also, in that getting the team back together sequence was uh, Han and Giselle in China. They're so pretty. I, that's, that's what I wrote. I was like, this is the prettiest couple. Beautiful couple. <laughs> and I just wanted to fucking note how good Han looks drawing a gun. He looks, he looks cool as hell. He looks cool as fuck. And give, give that man... A CBS procedural show right now. I mean, okay. Did we talked about them getting their own spinoff movie, Han or Giselle? Oh, I'm sure we have. They they need one. Like it'll yes. be like a you know like a like they'd be doing because they're both you know one's an ex soldier, one used to smoke cigarettes. Like, <laughs> like yeah, that should be. Uh, I don't know. That'd be really cool, like a detective show, like kind of like I don't know, The Thin Man, some shit like that. Yeah, or or just like reboot. They've already rebooted uh, Hawaii Five O and MacGyver. Like, yeah, fucking reboot one of those like eighties ass fucking. Uh, what was the the damn reboot? Um, uh, oh god, fucking Jake and the Fat Man. Fuck it. <laughs> heart to heart. Yeah. Um, I saw a letterbox review from I forget who would uh, who it was. it was I think their name was Matt something I forget it just said the icon and then the name was just Matt but they said that uh, 
there needs to be a Lethal Weapon reboot starring uh, Sun Kang and uh, Gina Carano, but Gina Carano plays Riggs. <laughs> Boy, Gina Carano uh, sure has become a better actor, huh? <sighs> like, I get it. The transition's difficult coming from MMA to acting. Yeah. But uh, you watch Gina Carano in, in Furious 6 and Gina Carano in The Mandalorian? Buddy. Yeah. She, she, she done come a long way. Uh, did you ever watch Haywire? That thing that came never out. never watched Haywire. It's been on my list for fucking years. That came out a year before this, which is a Steven Soderbergh movie. You should watch it. But um, she's pretty she's pretty good in that. Yeah. But that movie um, that movie's packed with people like Channing Tatum, and that movie's just got an all star cast. Yeah, it's a Soderbergh movie. People just coming in just to fucking flex for a minute and then leave. Yeah. <clears throat> who else? So who else in Haywire? I always try and uh, note who gets the f bomb in the movie. Oh, you know who it is. <clears throat> well, so in Fast and Furious, I believe it was Brian telling Dom to get the fuck in the car. Yeah. And then in Fast Five, I know it was Hobbs. I can't exactly remember the line. Yeah, I remember it was Hobbs, yeah. And then in this film, a kind of an unlikely candidate. I wonder if this is something that you can bet on <laughs> in Vegas uh, or your local sports book. Uh, like who gets the f bomb in the movie? Yeah. And I, I bet like the odds were pretty high. I would have gone like probably like 165 to one odds that that Roman was going to get the f bomb in this film. Yeah, he did, <clears throat> and it wasn't even for anything. I, it was very forgettable how he used it. What does he say? Like shut the fuck up or something like that. He says yeah. something, something like that. It's, it's a that's basically a throwaway line. It yeah. felt like they forgot that they had they hadn't had it yet and that was like one of the last scenes they were shooting of the movie so they were just like Tyrese fucking it's all you buddy yeah um I gotta I gotta mention this before we get too far off of it okay the O'Connor Toretto family life them all together it was so goddamn adorable (laughs) yeah Uncle Dom showing up with the toy and all that stuff it was beautiful. It was great. It was very nice. Uh, and, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know what? I, I, I kind of would like to just kind of sit in this for a while. Yeah. It's nice. They worked so hard for this. That's the thing about these series with, like, a lot of entries where there's a lot of characters is that you get, like, a family, you know, you get more and more. You flesh the characters out more. Like, movies, like, fast, the Fast Saga does it very well. Mission Impossible does it very well. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, even though it's only two movies, has done it very, very fucking well. Um, yeah, that's what I... Lethal, the Lethal Weapon movies did it very well. I mean, I'm a sucker for a found family story. Yeah. That's like my absolute shit right there. Um, <clears throat> you know, that like Game of Thrones did that really fucking well. Um... Yeah, that's I'm just a oh such a sucker for that type of shit. As someone who doesn't really have many uh, emotional connections to one's own family, I do love the family you choose. Yeah, it's always nice. I like I like I like a family a a, a friend family. Yeah. That said, friends 
shouldn't let friends perform surgery on themselves. We talking Dom? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure me had taught him a thing or two after graduating nursing school with top uh, honors. Uh, hey, I, sub, I wrote down... Um, <laughs> One, the bullet stayed in him this time. That's what I wrote. Like, they, made, they somehow made special bullets that Dom can't absorb. Well, it had to be a very specific bullet. Yeah. <laughs> so they can actually identify it. What if uh, what if Dom's body is a crime lab and like he only he only gets the stuff that leads to uh, you know what I mean like like this is good investigation material I'm gonna not absorb this and you turn this into nutrients he's gonna need this later <laughs> so his body is a forensics lab yeah 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 just uh, keeping what might be useful later and discarding of the rest yeah this <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like. That sounds like a character Vin Diesel would play in a different movie, like fucking Bloodshot 2 or whatever. Bloodshot 2, still blooding, still shooting, still shotting. I don't know. Uh, I love all the uh, the jokes between the baby oil uh, between uh, Hobbs and uh, Roman. Like, why do I smell baby oil? You keep running your mouth like that, you're going to smell an ass whooping. I mean, based off of... The gag reel uh, from Fast Five. Yeah. It feels like a lot of those jokes are rooted in reality. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Dwayne may not have taken all too kindly to those jokes uh, when all was said and done. Speaking of gag reel, so I'm staying uh, this week at uh, my girlfriend Charlie's ha- uh, apartment, <clears throat> and she does not have a Blu ray or DVD player. What? Yeah, I know. So I was. What? pissed off like that i was gonna have to watch it on my laptop or some shit like that but then boom boom digital download that's what i did but i could i didn't have access to like any of the extras or anything like that and also i think i may have watched the extended edition yeah i didn't watch that the um this one didn't have a gag reel on the on the blu-ray That's so weird. I think on my Blu-ray it does... Well, no. It says it has deleted scenes. So Hmm. I don't know what they could have possibly deleted. It was a long movie. Um, But, uh, you know, there are... We talk a lot about the humor uh, in these movies. And there are some good bits in this movie. I liked the... um, uh, When... Our family learns of uh, Shaw's team. Oh, yeah. And they just go through and just basically, like, person for person, just like, like oh, this is a bizarro yeah. team of ours. That was which a good was very bit. funny. <clears throat> the, the lie that really made me laugh was, uh, was whenever Giselle and um, what was Gina Carano's character name? Fucking Jennings, I don't know. It doesn't matter. We'll say we'll, we'll just say uh, Gina. But yeah, when Giselle and Gina were down Gino. there, Gina, we're ta- down there talking to uh, Harpoon guy. Um, oh, you mean Dwight's British cousin? <laughs> but uh, what you call it? Yeah, Roma was talking about like uh, you know, girl either has that big jewelry or she needs to be wearing big jewelry. Or you gotta have big, you gotta be big somewhere else. And then Han says, "That's why your girlfriends wear so much bling, huh?" Like, damn, got him with the dick joke. So good. Uh, Gina Carano's character name was Riley. When the fuck did I, they say that? 
don't know. Is that a first or last name? <clears throat> Just it's it's, it's both. Uh, um, like Riley, Riley. Uh, this movie took the time to kind of pair certain characters off with each other at certain points. We still had uh, 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 Giselle and... No, actually, no. Uh, we had Roman and Han, uh, which was a fun pairing. Yeah. Um, we, and we had Hobbs and Tedge. Oh. I fucking loved them together. That was very, very good. Like, the whole thing with the asshole British guy and the cars... The let's say it, the racist British guy. Yeah. The uh God God that guy sucked. He was the most I, British. We had Tedge buying all the cars. That was mwah. That was great. And obviously he's got that Tedge Tech money. He was able to Tedge get it tech. all. <laughs> Tedge Tech. We make stuff. I I want season two of devs to be Tedge Tech. <laughs> Tedge Tech probably built those damn chip guns. Yeah, that uh, that feels like an extension of your EMP guns. Yeah, it's, I wrote down chip gun, the EMP gun successor. And it was really cool how uh, how uh, fucking Brian knocked his off. I, I feel like they do have to consistently, they do consistently well of like establishing <clears throat> and reestablishing that everyone on the team is a very good driver. But they mm-hmm. do little things to let you know that, like, Dom and Brian are superior. Yeah. And the way that he knocked his chip off yeah. was easily the first dope-ass thing to happen in the movie. And it was dope as fuck. That, uh, I want to talk about this, that whole sequence. Starting off with the surrounding the thing down to, yeah, them getting away. It felt like, uh, first of all, okay, the nightshade device thing. You haven't seen Tenet yet. Do you? Do you care if I kind of spoil Tenet? I do, but I also don't know when I'm going to see it. I'll also probably forget whatever you say by the time I do. So Tenet, so the plot, the plot of Tenet is. Uh, uh, also, that said, for the listeners, how long do you think this might be? What do you mean? The spoiler, so they can skip ahead. Oh. uh... Skip ahead maybe a minute or so. Okay. Starting now. So, spoiler alert. Uh, Tenet is about Kenneth Branagh's collecting all these pieces of a device that's going to destroy time. That's it. And that sounds a lot like the plot of this movie. Because I was okay. watching this movie going, huh. This is this is Tenet. Like, Tenet stole their plot device they're their, their MacGuffin or whatever from Furious 6. Also, how are you going to destroy a man-made concept? Dude, it's fucking weird. Yeah. I I'm bet. surprised Christopher Nolan hadn't made a movie about having sex with time yet. <laughs> that man loves some time. And I'm not talking about the spice. He's into that wat, W-A-T, that wet-ass time. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that was, uh, Anyway, here's here's something. So it's not like this franchise is known for doing this. So it makes sense that they didn't. But it just feels like one. I completely just fucking forgot exactly how much time that this movie spends in London. It's like it's like 90 percent of the movie. Yeah. Like at a certain point, these movies just start jumping from. You know, 
pinpoint the pinpoint on a map. But this movie spends a lot of time in London, and I feel like it was a very... Again, this isn't something that these movies do, so it's fine I didn't do it. But I feel like they missed a golden opportunity to just pepper all these London scenes with British character actors that, like, we all recognize. Oh, yeah. Between, like, the auction guy, the pawn shop guy, the British general, the CCTV guy, which that scene was also very funny and very Mm -hmm. underrated. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, the whole uh, car chase through London with the souped-up cars. Uh, that that first of all, that whole sequence with the with the bombs going off and whatnot, and uh, and Owen Shaw getting away in that little that car, that felt like the Dark Knight. That had like yes. Dark Knight vibes. Like they, I thought the same exact thing. Yeah, that whole sequence like felt like the Tumblr chase in Batman Begins or something like that. You know. But that yeah. it had it had vibes of that, and then also it had like some again. I haven't seen a lot of 007 films, but it had some some Bond vibes in there as well. Which the Bond movies, like Skyfall in particular, draw heavily from the Dark Knight movies. Hmm. So, yeah, a lot of Nolan shit in this episode. I'm sorry, everybody. We all know we love him, and we all know he wants to have sex with time. So, <laughs> sorry, it's a joke I'm going to keep making because. You realize how you don't realize how much time, how much he uses time in his movies. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason he directed The Watchmen. That's not. Sorry, that was uh, a shitty joke. Um, so that didn't really make all that much sense. So here's 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 a thing that this movie does. Um, so we get we we get Letty back, mm-hmm. Letty back, and. By the way, Letty in London, that, wouldn't that be a great, um, like, rom-com? That's a spinoff. Anyway, it's like God, letter, the alliteration. Get us in a room with <laughs> these fucking producers. Let us, let us just go fucking pitch wild. We need to make a list of all of our, uh, of all of our spinoff Oh, you didn't like that ideas. one? Well, here's this fucking... Here's a screwball comedy between... You fucking Riley and Shaw and how they meet. It's like Philadelphia story, but with cars. That's the tagline of the movie. It's on the poster. <laughs> oh, man. So, but here's the thing, man, about Letty is like, you, you expect this movie to like answer the question of how she survived and like how she didn't die. And like, while they, they do answer that question, because for zero reason what, whatsoever, Mohawk homie from Fast and Furious shoots the car instead of her. Yeah, did he just think and, it would look cooler? Right. He's like, well, I've always wanted to walk away from an explosion or whatever. Yeah. And it blows her down a ravine. My question is then, like, who did they bury... Did they not confirm using dental records who logged in Letty into the hospital? Like who, how did she get to the hospital? This is, this is the way it sounded like from way they explained it in the movie. She didn't die at the scene. She died at the hospital. And then Shaw was coming to finish the job. Well, well, hold on. How'd she die at the hospital if she didn't die? Well, you didn't let me finish. All right, all right, all right. 
Brian and the FBI, they all thought she died in the hospital. So Shaw came to the hospital and saw this woman who didn't, who didn't remember who the hell she was. So Shaw orchestrated this whole fake death thing and he kidnapped her. And I guess they replaced her with somebody else, but that doesn't explain, you know, did he orchestrate, did he orchestrate the fake death before they declared her? I don't, there's just so much. It's, like, com- it's complicated. Is, you can, you could drive a Dwayne, the rock Johnson through these plot holes. <laughs> that big ass truck he drives. Now that said, as soon as my mind starts like spiraling about, well, what were these plot holes? What the fuck? How did she? How did nobody log this? How did like? How did this? How did this happen? Mm-hmm. And as I'm about to just start like really like turning against this movie, Braga back. Yes. Shea Wiggum back. Yeah. They use every bit of the Buffalo Mother <laughs> fuckers. Any other franchise would have taken what was their lowest, the least well-reviewed film and committed franchise erasure upon it. But this says no. We embrace our past. Yeah. We embrace what has happened. And we we use it as an excuse to bring back Braga, work him into the fold. He was working for Shaw the whole time. That shit kind of tracks for me. Yeah. Shea Wiggum coming back. Oh, I, here's the thing. I just hope that doesn't rule him out from coming back from, from other uh, furious endeavors. Uh, I love that Brian broke his nose again. Yeah, that was a good bit. That, that my friend... Is what George Lucas calls poetry. <laughs> that classic George Lucas poetry. Did you see, uh, okay, whenever Brian's checked into prison, like it's a fucking hotel, whenever he's checked in, uh, his name is T. Bridges. Now, yes, I have a theory. Yes, I was going to fucking bring that up next. Now, does T stand for Terabithia? I was going to say T stood for Todd. Todd Bridges. I mean, from what I understand, not to kick a man while he's down. Uh, but they may have many of those placards with uh, his name on it. So they're just like, here, use this one. <laughs> I think it's Terabithia Bridges. I um I do feel like yes, I was excited that we got to see. Uh, I forget Shea Wiggum's character's name, but he's always just Steslin uh, and Braga. Did have you ever watched uh, Homecoming? You, you, we talked about this last episode. Yes, I still have not watched it. Um, some good Shay. It's good Shay. Anyway, uh, Shay Wiggum and Shay Serrano, top two Shays right there. <laughs> um, that, as much as I enjoyed seeing some old friends, that entire thing. Stasiak is his name. Stasiak. That entire thing. That entire thing? plot. Of, of Brian having to go back to L.A. was kind of useless because it just really raised more questions than it answered. Yeah. And then even when Brian gets back, Dom even tells him, like, yeah, that didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing we got out of that really was, like, more confusion and an okay prison cell fight. 
Yeah, exactly. Which the franchise will go on to have much better prison prison fights. Yeah. The thing about okay, that fight and the subway fight. Um, first of all, the subway fight. Half of that fight was good because uh, specifically the part with uh, Joe. I forget the actor's last name, but he plays Jaka in the Raid. Have you watched the Raid movies? I that's a big big blind spot for me. I have not, dude. But I know, I know, I know. I saw both of them in the theater, like open a weekend, and they're both amazing movies. I got oh, yeah. both of them on Blu-ray. I need to. Re- it's been like five years since I've watched them. I need to rewatch them. But um, the raid has some of the best fighting in a movie I've ever seen. Like, I'm even going to say it's better than Jackie Chan. And we all know how much I love Jackie Chan fighting in movies. I love Jackie Chan so much, but. His that fight with him, Han, and Roman was first of all very good and very funny because the bit where uh, Han like drums like you go, you go, you go. He's like, no, no, you go, you go. Like, who's gonna fight this guy? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the bit that Han just straight up can't fight worth a nothing, which like kind of tracks. There's no reason for him to ever have yeah how to actually fight. Yeah, like Roman should have been better. Uh, <laughs> Han was so bad at fighting. It yeah, was, it, it was, was it was kind of endearing, actually. That's that's why I love that half of the fight so much. But with uh, yeah, with Gina Carano and Letty, that uh, that was just a very good fucking fight. Yeah, I, I don't know the way I liked it. The way it was edited, like you can tell, they kind of I don't know. It wasn't really it. It wasn't I don't know. I didn't really enjoy that much. I enjoyed. Gina Carano's fight scenes, just kind of full stop. Yeah, I thought she that that aspect of her performance was clearly good. Well, that's I mean that's what she fucking was doing before she did this. So that's right. why yeah, I know. I, I mean, not to say that she shouldn't have been good at that. Yeah, but she executed. But the fight later on on the plane, that fight was good. I thought between the two. Yes. Of them. Yes. Um, dude. All right. So we actually got a race in this movie. Ride or die, remember? And it was so satisfying to get an actual race. I like this race. At first, I was like, this is kind of, um, I don't know. It wasn't like, I didn't really think it was like anything special. Then I realized, I was like, this is more of an emotional race. Because like, there oh, was... Yeah. There were so many close-ups of the two of them. There wasn't enough of the car, I thought. And I, and I was like, no, wait, no. This it, Who gives a shit about the cars? It's it's all about Dom and Litty. Well, and, and go back and watch that race again. Uh-huh. This is another example of, of the movie demonstrating how proficient uh, Dom and Brian are at driving. Mm-hmm. Because Dom isn't racing as so much... He's communicating, yeah, with Letty, and he's like bringing back call, basically callbacks mm-hmm. to you know races past and maneuvers and and looks with the, the the backwards bit and stuff like that, and it's there's it's such a an emotionally charged and emotionally historic yeah race between these two, and he's trying to trigger her memory through like he'll do it. You know, with words at certain points as well, and and his necklace and and whatnot. But the the bulk of him trying to trigger her memory was through this race. Yeah. And and just again, just like 
knowing how she races, even though she may not know that she has these tendencies and whatnot. I just thought that was that was that was an exceptional part of the movie that like should probably be looked at a lot closer by people who say they study film, mm-hmm. uh, but they're too much of cowards to actually to actually really put this this sequence under a microscope. Yeah, everybody, I mean, I think my I think the funniest part about that part is that Letty's main thing she kept saying was You think you know me? <laughs> well, you've got me right to the edge. Sorry. You think you know me. Yeah, she kept uh, 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 the, I <laughs> You make great points all about that. Yeah, it was the emotion and all that stuff with that, uh, with that whole fucking race was so good. And just, Letty, you think you know me? <laughs> God damn it, I hate you. I had to do it to you. I, I, as much as I love Edge, you'll know that this franchise is kind of on the downward slope when uh, Adam Copeland is, is getting parts in these movies. <laughs> Love him. I still haven't seen Money Plane, but you know, money. <laughs> fuck. They well, uh, you know Money Plane. You've heard of Money Plane. Uh, I've never heard of Money Plane. Wait, you've never heard of Money Plane? Let me look up Money Plane, dude. So it's Edge and Thomas Jane and Kelsey Grammer, and it's and it's a and it's a plane full of criminals in the sky. That it's and it's like a casino sort of. Um, I'm looking at an Kelsey IMDb. Grammer just swearing up a storm. A professional thief with forty million in debt and his family's life in the line must commit one final heist: rob a futuristic airport casino filled with the world's most dangerous criminals. Bro, I cannot believe! I cannot believe that I'm I'm telling you about this movie for the first time. We should we just take a break and watch the trailer? I I don't know. What's after this? After this? After this podcast, we're watching the show. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to interrupt it to watch this, but yeah, we. I have it pulled up right now on my on my Chrome. Um, all right. So the scene after the race uh, with what I call the jaw scar scene, showing off all the scars and the part. I mean, yeah, it was an emotional trip down memory lane through scars, and they really. I fucking me up. love that scene, and I love the scene. I love the scene with Dom and Letty, and I love the scene after that with Dom and Shaw. Dom and Shaw. When we get in that movie? Dom and Shaw. Dom and Shaw. Never threaten a man's family. Which, that's the first reference we have to Deckard Shaw. He says, my brother says that no. every man should have a code. That's another thing I'm a sucker for. Uh, in a previous Spy Racers episode, uh, I talked about I'm a sucker for any time... A show or any piece of media has the line, what's this button do? <laughs> I'm also a sucker for any time, like, there's a code introduced. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is some, I mean, the the thesis of the whole damn Fast Saga is family, but, you know, I do like that, you know. It's always nice when it's just like... I hate when there's like a villain that's just like their thing is anarchy. Like Joker's fine. I get fucking, you know, yeah. Heath Ledger Joker and stuff like that. Um but normally it's just it just comes across as fucking lazy, you know? 
Yeah. But, like, Shaw's just, yeah, all about, I guess he's just trying to get rich. Well, his his code is, is precision. Yeah, that's right. And doing things right. You know, and 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 being as accurate as possible, which I also kind of get. Mm-hmm. He's obviously a Virgo. The car from GTA. Yeah. Huh. Um. <laughs> but yeah, that's just that's just a very fucking well done scene. Yeah, that and uh, Hobbs showing up, which Hobbs, of course, saying, "Come on, you some bitch." He is this bitch. He is this franchise's Buford T. Justice. Love it. You sound uh, bitch. Drink for every all time. You... Good. I said this is for all you smoking the bandit fans who are still listening to this podcast. <laughs> How much we talked about uh, talked about smoking the bandit on the Halloween podcast. Yeah, they they got hooked from that smoking the bandit talk, and it's led them all the way here. Thank you very much. We're for back to bandit, baby. It all comes back to bandit. Uh, so drink every time Hobbs says some bitch, and also drink every time. That Hobbs's facial hair changes. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> the like, I don't expect these movies to be sticklers for continuity, but I do like to imagine that one day there was there was some you know assistant director on set, some some line manager, some some somebody called out Dwayne for having and then not having a goatee. That was and a, then that not going well. Oh God! A lot, a lot, a lot of dripping happening. <laughs> I recently watched this Nicolas Cage film called Primal, and it's about it's marketed as Nicolas Cage is this uh, poacher or big game hunter who has captured this elusive white jaguar, and the jaguar gets loose on the ship. What you also don't know is that uh, in the movie. Uh, on the ship, there's also a crazy criminal played by uh, Kevin Durand. Yeah, Kevin Durand, whatever that guy's name is. He's in Smoking Aces. He was on Lost. Anyway, they don't tell you that he was. He also gets loose, and he's the one that lets the animal loose. So I'm watching this movie, thinking, okay, it's Nicolas Cage versus a cat for 90 minutes. Not the case. <laughs> he's also fighting this dude. But Nicolas Cage's facial hair through that movie changes dramatically. And all I'm saying is, facial hair is not that hard to keep a track of. I mean, we both have beards. We can keep a track of them. Pretty well. I mean, it doesn't matter that yours has changed three times during the Zoom call. Well, you know, (laughs) what can I say? I like to switch it up. (laughs) Um, Something I liked about, I don't think we talked about this, was Brian actually doing some actual police work. Like detective work. With the gun and whatnot, yeah, that was really cool. I like I like Brian being a cop. I gotta I'll say this right now, man. I want to say this was probably Paul Walker's best performance so far. He was so good in this movie. He's incredible. There's a part in this movie in which I was just like, "Damn, Paul Walker is so good in this." Yeah, it really one. It's 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 a true privilege to actually like watch him grow as a performer in Mm -hmm. these movies. And and not just like grow, but also grow up as well. Like yeah. we see him become like a real uh, a full on like he starts as a as a just a California surfer kid. Yeah, and he becomes like a, a real actual man in he over the course dress, of these films. He doesn't dress like an eighth eight year uh, a, a skater in the eighth grade anymore. No, he doesn't. Uh, 
uh, he straight up has like a dad jacket on in one scene. <laughs> I think uh, he's wearing like a cop windbreaker or something like that in yeah, one scene. It's yeah. very nice. Uh, yeah. you know, as, as someone who just recently turned 34, I'm just like, man, that would look pretty good on that. <laughs> um, and it really like, it hit me so hard for the first time in this movie that like, we're, we're obviously we're not going to be able to see him in any roles ever again moving forward but like we're not going to be able to see him grow anymore as an actor like i could like on the trajectory he was on like i would have loved to have seen like 55 year old paul walker 65 year old paul walker playing like these like maybe like softer characters yeah or like more interesting like older characters and stuff like that i thought i just feel like he would like crush them in like a very like robert redford-esque type of way or like a yeah I don't know. That's just like that just struck me like harder in this movie than it ever has before. And uh and yeah, he was really, really like shaping up to, to be a very fine, fine actor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Next one next movie's gonna be kinda rough <laughs> because of that. Yeah, he he was so fucking like there's there's not there's I think it's the only time in the franchise in which I've actually stopped and go, damn. Like they're doing, they're doing a fucking great job acting, and like that yeah. was Paul Walker definitely in this movie. Yeah, and and he was written some really great, like you said, like actual detective work. Yeah, and stuff to do, and like, yeah, he played it. He, uh, it was so good. He played it so well. This movie does such a good job of giving everybody because a lot of movies that have like big, a lot of people, you know, in the cast, they don't give them anything to do. Yeah. But like this movie, they do a fucking phenomenal job. Everybody's got something to do throughout the whole movie. Everybody eats. <laughs> they ain't hungry no more, cuz. Especially Roman trying to get money from people to get to the vending machine that for some reason is in this place. Why the fuck was there a vending machine in that place? Okay, one, first of all, you borrow money from people because that's how you stay a millionaire. That's okay? true. Uh, yeah, that is that was kind of out of place. Like, okay, we need to furnish this place with all this top of the line software and surveillance equipment. Um, oh boy, what are we gonna? I guess what are we gonna do for food? Uh, let's call a local vending company <laughs> to install a Coca Cola machine. That was so- and and a, a snack machine with I don't know what they normally snack. Stock snack machines with in London, uh-huh. but there is a wide variety of of snacks in there that were either American or Asian. Yeah. I believe there were some some shrimp snacks in there. I think what I think there was what? like not like we all know that there's like weird, crazy, goofy ass European candies and, and chocolates and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But this was like filled with like 100 grand and crunch and fucking Snickers and shit like that. Yeah. I think uh I think DSS Hobbs's employers was like, "Hobbs, we're spending all this fucking money. We got to get the money back somehow." <laughs> so they get it back fucking four quarters at a time. Yeah. Unless th- fucking Hobbs just takes his 78 Magnum I want to, uh, real quick, there's two parts where he says this. <laughs> Hobbs does a variant of grab the wheel or take the wheel. And every time after he said that, I, I, I lean up, lean forward in my chair. And to no one in particular, because I watch these movies by myself, I go, it's rock o'clock, baby. <laughs> 
because like the first time he does it, he jumps out of the, he jumps on top of Shaw's little uh, Batmobile and tries to get at him. But of course, he gets away and just shoots at him. And then the second time is during the plane chase. Yeah. Which okay, I want to talk about the tank chase and then the plane chase because that's all we have left pretty much in this movie. Yeah. Besides Samoan Thor, which if if Dwayne Johnson was ever in my phone, that's what he would be under as Samoan Thor. Oh yeah, that made me laugh so hard. Tedge Tech. <laughs> uh, that tank. I forgot. I, I was watching this movie and I was like, I was watching it, thinking about, it, and I was like, oh yeah, there's a tank in this movie. And then the fucking tank chase happened, and oh my god, so good. It is. It is an exceptional chase. The uh, during this chase, my notes I have like Brian. I love. I've discovered that I like Brian's cars. All the cars that Brian drives. That rally car he has in this movie is dope. He has he has very good taste in cars. Uh, the uh, the line um, we need more alphabets. <laughs> in which I know you feel, I know you know all about this this train of thought. Brian, of course, says we do what we do best. We improvise. God damn it. I was going to ask you what we have in common with the Fast Family. We do what we do best, and we improvise. <laughs> now, uh, God damn it. Oh, I, why couldn't, like, just one improviser have been, like, cast into that family? Because you know he would have dragged them, or they would have dragged them, into doing, like, fucking table reads or just straight up doing a fucking uh herald at ucb west ucb on sunset uh, and oh my god uh i we have been robbed of them trying to do improv of the fast family yes oh man i mean we are we've already established that dom tried to be a stand-up comedian but nobody appreciated his jokes so of course yeah so what do you do when you fail at stand-up you try improv <laughs> god that's true <laughs> you know Vin Diesel's a, a, enough of a fucking nerd to like kind of actually be into improv. Did I tell you that I watched uh, recently? I've gotten into Dungeons and Dragons, and I watched this thing called D and Diesel. It's on YouTube. Oh no! It's it's just it's just a thirty minute one off thing. I think they did a promotional thing for the last Witch Hunter, but it's Don. It's uh, I almost said Don. <laughs> It's, it's Dom, Dominic Toretto. It's Vin Diesel playing Dungeons and Dragons for like 30 minutes. And he's playing as his character from The Last Witch Hunter. And it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting. But like I feel like he play, he's played D&D before. But like not on the level these people were doing. Like I feel like Vin Diesel was like, yeah, I'm going to fuck around. My friends play D&D. And then like these people were like professional D&D players. Yeah. I mean, not to get it twisted, Vin's played his fair share of D&D in his day. He also played his fair share of World of Warcraft in his day as well. I've heard about this. Yes. Um, from a Let's Sleeping Dogs Lie episode, uh, Sammy Tamimi tells a great story about Vin and uh, World of Warcraft. What episode is that? I'm going to guess it's the Fast and Furious episode. Look it up, everybody. There's a Fast and Furious episode of Let's Sleeping Dogs Lie. Or just listen to them all. Yeah. I am on the Stranger Things episode, the Stephen King episode. What episode, other episode I'm on? You've been on uh, quite a few. Dude. Nick at Night was another one I was on. That was that led to one of my favorite moments in Let's Sleeping Dogs Live history. That was the with the Tim Allen bit. Yeah. Um, well, I wasn't. I think I was on four episodes. 
Yeah, you were on you were on a handful. Before IO got closed permanently. Killed the business. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah take chase. Put that fucking line right out of my mouth. I'm sorry. That take chase, uh, very, very good though. Um yeah, the the bit with the uh, Roman actually doing some cool shit and not being a chicken for some fucking reason and being competent. It's it, he can be silly and competent. Yeah. This movie proves it. Yeah. His line, we need more alphabets. Very silly and then he immediately does the thing with the car and the hook. That was cool. I like that yeah. a lot. Um oh, Brian catching Roman, that part. That's all I wrote was Brian catches Roman. Yeah, and then uh, and then Dom- which also like makes like their just brief interaction in the car after he caught him, like again just sort of made you go like man oh I do I wish we had more Brian and Roman in yeah. these movies as well because like you know once Dom comes into the picture it's like oh uh, well he kind of stole my best friend but I'm still hanging <laughs> around here because I'm friends with all of some of these other guys or whatever yeah but like yeah man they need more fucking Brian and Roman yeah because they're childhood friends yeah. But Brian wants to bone that guy's sister, so awkwardly you suck up to him, dude. I'm still reeling from Fast and Furious, where they uh, he goes off and he like Brian or B just shows up and Brian just takes her into the house while while Dom's outside working on something, and they make sex in the kitchen. That part, a, a bag of groceries. I'm still reeling from that bag of groceries. Um, yeah, and then of course you want to talk about catching people in that sequence the the dom letty catch is um yeah my note for that is dom is a fucking superhero all caps yeah yeah and then later on she was like how'd you know that car was there he's like i didn't like come on man my man (laughs) you say you say you say chivalry's dead no it's not that man was he's a gentleman trying to save the woman he loves life and that was just that was it was like that was a night moment man Mm mm-hmm Awesome. He's also pretty fucking indestructible. He does have like weapon X qualities. <laughs> and I would I propose uh, uh I submit a motion to uh, give Dom Toretto uh, a new nickname of Weapon D. <laughs> Cuz it works several different ways. Yes. Oh, that's good. Weapon D, baby. Put that on the... Let's make that a spinoff. Weapon D. It takes place in the 1970s. It explains how Dominic Toretto became a fucking superhero. <laughs> yeah, I just wrote down... Um, take sequence was Chef's Kiss. Yes. That was... Uh, when it comes to an action sequence, that was, that was probably the highlight of the film for me. Yeah, that was very good. I, I like the plane sequence a little bit more. Just uh, this, because... <sighs> I, I'm willing to get over the, not just the length of the runway on that. That was the longest goddamn runway in existence. And I know a lot's been made of that since that movie came out. Yeah. From from the moment that movie came out. But also no one wants to talk about the length of that damn plane as well. Like, holy shit, dude. That's like a football field unto itself. Well, Roman said, that's not a plane. It's a planet. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Roman said that's no moon <laughs> but um I was gonna say before we get to that oh yeah we get we finally get um Han and Giselle saying they're gonna go to Tokyo 
That's what I'm saying, dude. They needed to do that every movie until like 15, 25 movies down the line. Yeah. They actually go. And um, and then Mia gets kidnapped. And then I didn't remember this, but I somehow knew it is that Gina Carano worked for Shaw. Like, I just knew it. Like, it's obvious. Yeah, the big ass plane. Now, this sequence, I this is why I like this sequence so much. How'd you like that reveal, by the way? Of Gina Carano? Yeah. I I called it, so I was like, eh. Yeah. It was like, I mean, go back to Grand Theft Auto Vice City. That ending. I mean, come on. You know, you, you gotta know. It's, it, it had the exact same twist as Vice City. Now, think about it. Um, But this... They do it better. No, go ahead. Well, yeah. Like you said, they, they take stuff and improve upon it. But the plane sequence was great. Uh, I said I just wrote down it's perfect action fe- uh, filmmaking because everyone has something to do and it's actually affecting the plot. That was very good, which is is a lot to say because there were so many people that had shit to do. Because I wrote, yeah, I wrote down you got Ted, Roman, Han, Giselle trying to stop the plane, and then Brian was saving Mia, and then Brian after once that task was done. He started to try. He joined Ted, Roman, and the rest of them to take down the plane. And then you had Letty and Gina Carano. Still no fucker name. Uh, Dom, Dom versus Shaw. And then you had Hobbs versus White uh, White Hobbs, <laughs> as they call him in the uh, in the briefing. <laughs> and um, but yeah, like I was thinking about the whole length of the runway thing, whereas. Who's to say that everything they were all doing? Because it, it it cut to them doing different stuff. But yeah, who's to like say it wasn't? It wasn't in all, sequence. It was just all happening yeah. at the same time. Sure. So the runway could have been a, a normal length size runway. Yeah. Here, here's the thing about the runway. I also just like I don't I don't care. Yeah. Like it's fun for a joke or whatever. But like yeah. Who, who gives after all we've already seen who gives a shit how long the fucking runway is yeah but that whole sequence you know like, you want to talk about a long runway go back and rewatch liar liar that's a long runway <laughs> god damn it that recently left hulu and i didn't watch it i was very upset oh, with myself fuck ah so yeah uh wrong team bitch what is that oh that was what letty said to uh yeah gina carano i love that Letty still doesn't exactly like remember everything, but that she decides to just kind of go with it. Yeah, it's like all right, I'll just be this guy's. I'll just be the stranger's girlfriend. Well, she saw the picture. She saw the picture, which still always strikes me as a very odd photo to have on file. Yes. All right. Uh, all right. We t- I, one of my favorite moments from that. Uh, the airlines or the, the airline sequence, like they're on a fucking Delta flight. <laughs> uh, the airplane sequence was, uh, and here's another thing that just breaks my heart moving forward is like, I love the scenes when Dom and Hobbs are working together. Mm-hmm. They just make a very good, fucking fun, badass team. Yeah. Uh, quite literally. So as they straight up gave a doomsday device to Klaus, they straight up gave the fucking, Road Warriors finishing move to to White Hobbs and it was dope as hell. That was that and was I a love, very good moment. Oh man. Yeah. Dude, um oop, drop my mic. Um I've finally gotten around to watching all of the um 
the Dark Side of the Ring docuseries uh, on Vice. They're all on Hulu right now. So talking yeah. about Hulu, go back and watch those. It's all your favorite wrestlers from the 80s and how they died. It's bad. <laughs> Have you watched any? I watched the trailer of it like back, back when it originally came out. And um, I was just like, ooh, that's going to be rough. They are, I'll say they are very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you definitely got to be in a certain mental disposition to watch them. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. Oof, boy, there's some fucking good ones. Uh, before we move on, I just want to say. I didn't realize we were moving on. Well, I, I I don't know if we are or not, but I just gotta get the I I just gotta get my shit in. Uh huh. I know we talk a lot about Han, and and you know, the ways they bring him back or whatnot, and mostly how beautiful he is. And mostly how beautiful he is. Speaking of beautiful and deaths, you don't actually see Giselle Parrish. You don't. Like, these people, this team, has fallen from higher, have been hit with harder, (laughs) have survived worse than than a a fall the likes of what she took. Yeah. It's not like she went through the fucking jet engine. Yeah. Like that that other guy. Oh, my God. I wrote down airplane engine foo. It's a little Joe Bob, <laughs> Joe Bob reference. I also wrote out harpoon foo because somebody got shot with a harpoon. Anyway, Riley did. Gina Carano. What other foo? Fun. What other foos did I write? Uh, anyway, I'm that sorry. was a, a Nos harpoon foo. Yeah, I'm glad they brought Nos as a they, Nos is now a weapon in the Fast Saga. <laughs> I, I, it's it's truly <laughs> wonderful the ways that they can like. Weaponize Nos now as <laughs> yeah. though it's like fucking adamantium or some shit like that. It's like fucking vibranium. <laughs> that's probably what coats. Uh, that's probably what gives Dom his superpowers is Nos. Like it's like like you've said before, it's his venom. Like Bane has. It's yeah. Not- <laughs> it's his spinach. Yeah. <laughs> I am what I am. Oh my god. Which, uh, let's get a. This isn't like a spinoff or anything, but let's just get like a very dark and gritty uh, Popeye starring Vin Diesel. Oh my god, I would love it. <sighs> I am what I am, and that's all that I am. My goodness, I live my life a can of spinach at a time. I oh my god! <laughs> I was looking at uh, Vin Diesel. Fuck it, no. All right, sorry, I keep interrupting you. Vin Diesel as Popeye. Michelle Rodriguez as olive oil. Adam Schultz as Pluto. Uh, fucking uh, Tyrese as uh, fucking... Um, the Hamburger Man. I'll gladly uh, pay you pay, on Tuesday yeah. for a burger today. Fuck. What is that man's name? Wimpy? Wimpy, thank you. Tyrese is wimpy. I, I'm sorry. I feel like I've <laughs> interrupted you for like 20 times. I was just saying that Vin Diesel, his IMDb, I, I was amazed at how small it was. He has been in 51 credits. He has 51 credits, and 10 of those are Fast and Furious. 
God damn, that's. Oh my god, I love it. That's that's a uh, fucking. What percentage is that? One fifth. That's like twenty percent of the movies he's ever done. I don't know, but like Vin Diesel's a guy. He was like, um, same with Harrison Ford. Oh my god, is is Vin Diesel our generation's Harrison Ford? Like he's got these certain characters that he plays a lot of. Like he's got Riddick, he's got Dom, he's got Groot, he's got you know Xander Cage. Whereas Harrison Ford had like Han Solo, Indiana Jones, uh, fucking Jack Ryan. So like hmm. he finds these characters he likes, I guess, and just keeps playing them. Which you for me, I say like when you find what you you love to do, do it for a living. Let's. I'm gonna count how many. Uh, okay, so. Fast and Furious, you got one, excuse me, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Fourteen of his credits out of fifty-one are Dominic Toretto. For like, this includes like music videos, video games, yeah. the supercharged, the ride. All right, let's let's count. Richard B. Riddick. We got one Riddick, <laughs> two Riddick, three Riddick, two, four three. Riddick, five Riddick. Wow. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. six it's Riddick. Including like video games and shit. Seven Riddick, eight Riddick. God damn. So he's played Riddick eight times. And then Groot. Let's count how many Groots. Uh, this is going to be a lot more than you think. One. Yeah, I know. One. Two Groot. Three Groot. Four Groot. Five Groot. Groot. Six Groot. Groot Groot. Six Groot. Yeah, he's played Groot six times. Okay, that was actually less than I, I would have thought. Yeah. Because you th- you'd think for like... There'd be more, like, video games and, and shit like that. Yeah. Wow. So, like, yeah. So, we got 14. So, 14, 8, and 6. Those are the numbers out of 51. Those are all of his credits just for three characters. That's pretty crazy. Oh, man. Anyway, Finn Diesel. He likes characters and he sticks with them. I always forget that he's in Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. And he has a great part in that movie. He's he's an underrated actor. Like, oh yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like there's just another world where he's obviously less successful, but he's kind of like got more like clout mm-hmm. or like street cred, you know. Like, I'm not saying he's gonna be fucking Daniel Day Lewis or anything like that, but no. I like Vin Diesel. Yeah, he uh, in these pa- in these two movies, Fast Five and this one specifically, his performances are uh, uh, great. Like they're the two best in the franchise so far, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah, I mean, the last movie, he's just you know just seeing him being goofy as fuck the whole movie. Fast Five, that's that's the goofiest Dom movie. Very jovial. In the beginning of this movie, he's very jovial, but once he finds out Letty's still alive business but he still kind of cracks jokes every now and then i mean 
that makes sense. It's a relief. She's alive. Yeah. You know, we should joke. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So Dom flying out of the front of that plane. I forgot about that bit. And I was like, oh, this is so <laughs> cool. That was a dope bit. Dope bit. I legit teared up whenever Mia was asking Han where Giselle was. Yeah. I'm glad that, like, they actually addressed it and and put a little bit of focus on his his pain in yeah. that moment. But at the same time, we never saw her land. Nope. So, you know, fucking Game of Thrones rules. If you don't see a body. I mean, we didn't see Han. We saw Han's car blow up, but he's somehow back. So are we going to talk about that? Uh, oh, yeah. Right after you better hide that big ass forehead, which was apparently an ad lib line. They got chemistry, man. Give them the spinoff. Be a hot baby oil. You better have that big ass forehead. Oh my god, it was good. Dwayne Johnson. I uh by the way, since last episode we talked about that him buying the XFL. I Googled XFL just so I can like read that article. Mm-hmm. And you know how Google's algorithm works? Like you look something up and you see a bunch of articles about that thing. Well, that didn't happen to me. I've been getting a bunch of Vince McMahon related articles. I was like, this has nothing to do with XFL or Dwayne Johnson. Why am I getting this shit? It has everything to do with XFL. No, these articles are not about the XFL. They're just about Vince McMahon. Right. You should also be interested in Vince McMahon if you're interested in the XFL. That man, I'm not interested in him. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Oh, yeah. So what were we about to talk about? Oh, when they get back. By the way. When Hobbs says, "What what name your price? What do you want?" and he says, "Was it thirteen sixty seven? Cut two. That's the uh, address. Thirteen seventy seven. I want to say or nine thirteen ninety seven. Thirteen forty seven. It's it's something seven. Anyway, that was a good. Uh, I really like that. They cut to the house, and um, obviously nobody's been cutting the grass since everybody's been gone. Yeah, no one's done anything with that property whatsoever." <laughs> They couldn't get Tony to come by and cut the grass? Come on. It's L.A. 1327. 1327. Man. Yeah, that was a a really good moment. And then, of course, you saw Coronas on the table, baby. Of course. Roman reaching in first, having to say grace. Eating a damn chip. I feel like he delivered a very good grace. That was a fun grace. And this movie, once again, ended like we weren't going to get another one. But guess what happens? Give me that post-credits hook scene, baby. <sighs> Dominic Toretto. Toretto? Toretto. 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 Which I... Dominic Toretto. When I originally watched this movie, I had to watch this on YouTube because this scene was not in the credits when I watched it on HBO. What? Yeah, dude. That's weird. I was like, what? There's supposed to be like a post credit scene that I had to look it up online. It was some janky ass like film filmed in the theater thing. Anyway. So. About that scene. I went back. And watched for the first time. That scene from Tokyo Drift. Okay. Have you gone back and, and like. Compared the two? I thought about it, but from my memory, they look the same. So, everything that's going on in the race 
during the race in Tokyo Drift uh, is a lot crazier than just it just being a regular race. Uh, like Han straight up like being shot at. Yeah. Uh, from a, a car in reverse. You're telling this to a person who actually watched the movie, Rich. I know. It was crazy. <laughs> I might have to go watch this movie. <laughs> Um, it's it's worth it, honestly, just for Han. He's the best part of that damn movie. And, well, at least there's some eye candy in there. Uh, in Han. The man's pretty. Uh, he's so handsome. <laughs> uh, and then it is pretty peculiar that in Tokyo Drift, Han's car does get hit with just, like, with the car that it gets hit with. With a Mercedes. Yeah. With a gray Mercedes. Mm-hmm. That is very peculiar to me. That said, um, you know, based off of what we have in Furious 6 and what we have to go off of based from Tokyo Drift, while we don't, we don't see Han in the explosion, we only see the explosion. Yeah. You, there's, a, there's a bird's eye view. There's an overhead shot. Of that in Tokyo Drift, and there's there's no bodies around, there's nothing around, and it doesn't seem like it just seems unlikely he got out of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I just yeah, I know we've tossed around a lot of very good theories as to how Han comes back if that is indeed Han. I have a new theory now that you've talked about this. Okay. So thinking about it, Han's car has Nos. And what did we learn from the first Fast and Furious film? No one Nas explodes, it explodes green. Hmm. What else is green? That's right. Rachel Ghoul and the Lazarus Pit. Wait, hold on. So Nas. Canonically, are, are those things green? Yeah, according to the Batman comics and films and animated stuff and video games I've played, Rachel Ghoul is in the Lazarus Pit green. Okay. So when that car explodes in the first Fast and Furious film, what color is it, Rich? It's green. Green. What what don't you see happen in Tokyo Drift? You don't see that green explosion. You don't. What I'm suggesting is that it did explode and Han absorbed it. The Lazarus life-saving ju- juice of life that is Nas. Now... <laughs> I would like to go back to confirm that Han hadn't used his NAS yet in that race. See? But, um, you know, I can't argue with anything you just said. I think the can explodes, and instead of uh, engulfing the car in flames, it absorbs into Han's body and, and, and puts him in a, um, in, a, in a deep sleep. And he is then transported to a temple... Somewhere in the um, South America region, uh, in a temple that's being guarded by Molmen and Edwin, Edwin as a monk. Do you think there's some possibility here for like a um, a, uh, a Captain Marvel or uh, you know Mister Fantastic? Uh, we talking Han situation where like the not like the Nas blows he blows up like on the Nas, but then he has Nas powers. Yeah. And then he's Quicksilver. Do you think he would run faster as Han or or as Han? He is Han with Nas in him. Or would he be able to shoot like fireballs? Interesting. Or like couldn't he control flames? 
Or he pisses the NOS energy drink. I think that's the most likely option. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I need to go back and watch the scene side by side. I'm, I'm sure somebody's put them on YouTube oh, next yeah. to each other. Which, uh, that is the... Uh, that is the pickle we find ourselves in. But yeah, man, they know how to fucking they know how to shoot an ending. Yeah. Which it sets up one hell of a movie, that's for damn sure. Do you remember your reaction when you saw that it was that it was Jason Statham? I remember I read it in the paper. Like not the paper. Oh, read it man, online like Jason sucks. Statham. Because I didn't know, man. Yeah. I didn't know until I saw that ending. I didn't. I, I popped fucking hard for that shit. I didn't realize that he threw down Dom's necklace. Yeah. Because Owen still had it. And that's another thing. If Owen can survive that shit, then Giselle can absolutely survive what she did. I, yeah, I wrote down LOL as Shaw leaves airplane because I did laugh out loud because that motherfucker yeah. shot out of there. But yeah, mm-hmm. he's back alive. Spoiler alert! In Fate of the Furious, yeah. So well, yeah, he's back alive in in action in Fate. Yeah, but he's alive in in uh, uh, Seven as well. Is he like in the hospital or some shit? In seven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Like opens up with with Decker just like wrecking the fucking hospital. Well, if Shaw can survive that bullshit, how can't Giselle? Exactly. I think I think we've made our case with much. Gusto. All right, so now that we've talked about it, the high that is Furious Six has kind of died down for me. So I'm, I, I feel partially responsible by picking apart a lot of things, and and and, and this is stuff. That's what this podcast is for. I just don't want to yuck anyone's yum, especially if it's for a fast movie. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, it takes away a lot of it, but this movie. Uh, I thought it had a lot of uh, a lot of good action sequences, like better than Fast Five. Fast. So then I'll ask you this, Nick: Is this a uh, is this a ten second car or a ten minute car? Uh, this is a ten second car. Okay. I don't know. I probably did a weird rating for Fast Five, but yeah, I'm gonna just gonna say this is a ten second car. What do you think? I think that. From Fast Five on, there's a different standard to expect from these films and a different standard that's set every single time they go out. And at least on this go-round of watching, having watched this, this movie, I, I think I got to go with it's a 10-minute car. And I, do, it, I did not expect myself to be saying this before I watched the movie. The fuck? I know. I know. But there's just like too many weird little things. This yeah, this movie did have a lot of weird little things. That just it's it's weird that these movies are in a place to where like we can almost just forgive and overlook like enormous leaps of logic. Mm-hmm. But just like the smaller things, just like, no, but what about that? Yeah. And like yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know. I don't know why I'm like so nitpicky about this right now. I'll probably watch it again like next year and, and fucking fall in love with it all over again. I'm, I'm telling where I'm at right now. I'm telling you, last time I watched this movie was about six or seven years ago, and I didn't remember shit from this movie. Yeah. And then I watched it last night, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, this movie owns." It's good. It's it's good. It's it's good. 
It's just, for me, stacking it up against the rest of the Fast movies, it's a 10-minute car. Now, your reaction right now is how I felt with Fast Five, I feel like. Because Fast mm-hmm. Five, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, this movie's awesome. And then the last time I watched it, I was like, oh, it wasn't as good as I thought it was. I think there's just, like, a cycle that, the, like, the human body and mind reacts to in a certain <laughs> yeah. way when you're on a certain viewing of it. Yeah. So I think, like, I'm one cycle ahead of you right now. I'm... I'm nervous about next episode because it's Furious 7, but I'm pretty sure I'm still going to be just as amazed as I was when I was out the first time. Uh, yeah, there's things about Furious 7 that are, are, I'm just, like, locked in on. And, yeah, like, we'll, I mean, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. If, uh, what do you want to do next? Do you want to do Fast or Furious or Rankings? Um, let's do Fast or Furious. How did you feel about this? Was it Fast or Furious? I felt like this was a Furious movie. I concur. Uh, and then, so, uh, let's do our rankings next, but I also just want to throw out there for maybe our, like, uh, final episode, our series wrap-up episode, something else I would like to do. I would like to do a Fast Saga character draft. Where we each draft characters from any characters from this entire universe. Okay. Uh, and we can do it as as specific as like we have to draft like according to like the role they would play on like a team. I've already got or... an idea of how we should do this. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll figure it out when we get there, and we'll probably do what you just said, what you just thought of. Yeah. But. Yeah, so I just wanted to throw that out there now before I forgot about it. That'd be a cool, um, fun little episode. What's that? I said that'd be a fun little episode. I'm already looking forward to it. Uh, rankings. Uh, do you have your rankings uh, already done? Or Yeah, I did them last night. Okay. Where but I might change. Because somebody ruined the fucking movie for me. No. All right. You go first. Letterman I'll style. First. Rank them. Letterman style from worst to best. And there is no worst. Let's put it that way. Except for Tokyo Drift. <laughs> the Fast and The Furious. Yep. Too Fast, Too Furious. Furious 6. Fast and Furious and Fast 5. Okay. I almost went Fast and Furious at number one, but, like, that's a little too incredulous, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with, uh, I'm going to stick with my guns. Number five, or excuse me, number six, Tokyo Adrift. (laughs) Number five, uh, The Fast and the Furious. Number four, Fast and Furious. Number three, Too Fast, Too Furious, which we all know three and four are the same in my book. I just I gotta rank too fast just because I enjoy too fast too furious more, and then fast five and then furious six is number nice. one. Done and done. Which I was thinking about it and I, I already have a feeling about how the rest of this is gonna shake out because I watched um, the next three movies we cover. I watched them all last year, so they're still fresh in my mind. Yep. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We're we are diving into the depths of this this series, this franchise, this mythology, this this canon 
of work deeper than anyone has ever dared to before. So who knows what new discoveries we'll find, uh, what new atrocities will will make themselves to light. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there's still so much to to be discovered. So who knows? You think you might know what's happening? You think you know me? You think you know me? Should I should, should I play uh, it up? As if there's there's anything that. Uh, this franchise teaches us is we always have the room to be surprised by it. You think you know me? I love that you're using the Rob Zombie version. I, I have to. It's my favorite version. Never gonna stop, girl. Never gonna stop. That's actually Edge's favorite version of that theme. It's the Rob Zombie version. Oh, yeah? He said that in the interview that I read. Well... Uh, it's a shame that Vince McMahon hates paying for music rights. For real. Uh, okay, so uh, let's do social media. You can follow me at Nick Lathan, and you can follow on everything that is uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. So Letterboxd, I think, is NK Lathan, but look up Nick Lathan. And also follow the podcast on Quarter Mile at a Time Pod on Instagram. It's a fun Instagram. Yes. Uh, I am at Rich Cammy, uh, anywhere you can follow me. And follow me on Instagram. Uh, every day I go live with the Whack Pack, where Rip rips open another pack of trading cards every single day. And we raise some money for good causes, and it's a, it's a whole lot of fun. Do you say um, Groot, Groot then, causes? Uh, what's that? Do you say Groot causes? We uh, raise money for real Groot causes, <laughs> and they are Groot. <laughs> Uh, and of course, uh, arcadeaudio.net for all the other shows in the network, um, current shows, shows that are upcoming. Go check out some of our archived shows that we've uh, had in the past that have uh, ceased to be. Uh, and of course, patreon.com slash arcadeaudio, where you can uh, not just listen to Nick and I uh, talk on uh, the Netflix original series, Fast and Furious Spy Racers, uh, but you also can get access to... Uh, Discord channels where you could talk with uh, the people that are on the podcasts that you love and listen to. And you can also uh, get exclusive merch. And you can also get the other bonus episodes for all the other shows on the Arcade Audio Network. And uh, as we uh, said uh, previously, but it was on an episode already behind the uh, Arcade Audio Patreon. Uh, but we also uh, we set it up to where you can now do annual memberships on the Patreon as well. Uh, so if you were going to be uh, a patron for 12 months as it was, sign up for the annual membership. It's one lump sum, and you save 10% on the amount that you would have paid over 12 months total. Um, so do that uh, and save some bucks. And speaking of the Patreon, next week's episode of this podcast will be the exclusive Patreon episode for Fast and Furious Spy Racers, episode number five, The Celestial Vault. Ooh. It sounds ominous. The last episode, we last Spy Racers episode, pretty nice, even though we spent majority of the episode talking about Curb Your Enthusiasm. Eh, well. But it was a very good episode. We're enjoying this show. I know I am. And so those are very fun episodes to listen to over on the Patreon. But if you're not on the Patreon, which I recommend you get it, uh, in two weeks we'll be back for Furious 7, which is the Rocky Four of this franchise. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, 
the first time I watched Fear Seven, I had a very. I I, I wish I could recapture we'll, that magic. We'll talk about. We'll it, talk man. about. I, it. I might need an hour myself to just talk about that. <laughs> That's probably going to be our longest episode. Fair. Yeah. And I know you, you uh, say you always challenge ourselves to, to not have the episode go longer than the movie, which I think up until that point, that was the longest movie in the f- series. Yeah. So I just want to apologize ahead of time. So the longest movie in the front in the series at this moment are tied between Fear of Seven and Hobbs and Shaw. And then F9, which hadn't come out yet, is two hours and 25 minutes. That's F9. Nice. So the last, so to fast ten your seatbelts might be like three hours long. Give me two VHS cassette tapes. You and Dom, and of course Vince fucked one of them up, so Dom can't watch either one of them. You dummy. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for us. And uh, Rich, ooh, Nick, take us out with a quote. I I wish I could, cause uh, guys, but honestly, we got to come up with another plan. They got a tank. <laughs> Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.